Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today I want to talk about leaving your cat alone. But before we jump into that, say hello to my handsome husband and comedic sidekick, Dewey Vaughn. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and hello to my beautiful wife. All those great big cat fans out there in the big cat world, I want to just say thank you for listening to us. Just take a quick uh, thank you right off the bat. And, you know, I want to say I'm a little confused about what we're talking about today. Leaving a cat alone. Are you talking about leaving it alone at home or leaving it alone because it's about to bite you? (laughs) You know, I don't know which one of those we're talking about. But maybe everybody in the big cat world knows. (laughs) Now, I wanted to talk about leaving your cat alone, like when you leave the house and you leave your cat alone. And I guess the reason I wanted to talk about this today was because I've had a lot of questions about that lately, like, you know, um, behaviors arising, nuisance behaviors arising, and people on the consult form will put on there I always ask what what do you think started this behavior what do you think caused this behavior and I've had a lot lately that say I was gone for a week or I was out of town or I'd left my cat alone and and it seems to be a trigger point for behavior issues and a lot of cats do get you know insecure when you're not home so um so anyway that's what I wanted to talk about was uh, when you have to leave and your cat is home alone. Makes me think yeah. of that movie, Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. You're going to have to find a graphic with a cat yeah. with his paws up on the yeah. side of his face yeah. or something. <laughs> you know, I, I think about some of those animated movies, you know, where they're, all the animals are in the house talking and they're going, oh, they're gone. Yahoo! Wah-ha! Right. And then they throw around? a big Let's party. Yeah. yeah, and then and then all of a sudden they know you're coming back. <laughs> they're home, they're home, quick. And everybody goes back to the sleeping, lying around. You know, yeah. Right? I wish it were like tearing stuff up. Yeah, I wish it were like that for cats, but it's, but it's not. So I didn't realize it was a trick to leaving them alone. Don't you just go get in your car and leave? (laughs) Hello, (laughs) let's get out of here. Gotta go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you do, and and uh, and that's pretty much what you do. But before you do that, there are other things you can do to make your cat less stressed because, you know, the cat, especially like right now kind of a lot of people are going back to work with COVID and stuff like that. So things are a little different. The cat is not used to you leaving. The cat's used to you spending more time with it. So when you do leave, they do find it stressful. You know, that's 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 interesting. I would have never thought about it being stressful for them. I mean, because we have a lot of different uh, shows where we talk about being home with your cat often can be stressful and things you're doing there. And so leaving your cat can be stressful. 
So that's that's, that's interesting. <laughs> Cats it are just little stress balls. <laughs> yeah, right. So it seems like little stress animals. <laughs> you know, I've seen Pico get stressed when you're gone to the shelter, though. I I, I do that. Uh, so you know, he will he will come in here into my office and he will sit around, which he doesn't typically do. He sits in your office or he lays somewhere around you all the time. Uh, but when you're gone, he comes in and he's rubbing around and then he lays on the couch and, you know, he's, he's there. So I could tell he's stressed. And then when you're, as soon as he hears the car door slam, he's, you know, up and going in that direction. Is it because you're feeding him? You're the, you're the daytime feeder. So that makes you important. And you stress <laughs> that way? So tell me about that. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's more than just feeding him. Yeah. It, it definitely, you know, Cat's parents are the resource providers, and they do get insecure when the resource provider is gone because, oh, my God, is she ever coming back to feed me? Or am I going to have to try to, you know, hunt in the catio, and there's not much in there, and, you know, I'm going to starve to death. I mean, you know, they do they do get stressed about their resource provider being gone, but also think, you know, they, they like us and, you know, to them, you know, we're, I'm his playmate too, because he and I play games throughout the day. You know, we play the, the prey game where we stalk each other and jump out around corners. And I do treat toss with him several times a day and, you know, and he, and he sits on my, um, on the top of my filing cabinet by my desk and pretty much just hangs out. So when I'm not here, his, his little buddy's gone. I think that's, I think that's the thing, but you know, what's funny. I've noticed recently he knows when we're leaving, he started spotting the routine, you know, when we change clothes and get ready to go somewhere in the evening, he'll start getting real insecure. He starts rubbing up against me and he likes to jump up, like he stands up on his back legs and kind of shoulder butts you, you know, and so he'll he'll do a lot of that and he stares and he starts, you know, mewing a little bit like, no, I know you're getting ready to leave. Please don't leave. Follows me around. So I've noticed that he's, you know, kind of like you see that more in dogs, you know, they get all excited. You're going to take them for a walk when you put your shoes on. But I've noticed that in him lately, that he's much more in tune to when we are about to leave and he's then those little insecurities start before we even walk out the door so what can me or anyone else listening out here can what what, what can we do to help reduce some of that stress and make them not feel like they're alone there's a lot of things you can do so um leave something out you know, for them to lay on that smells like you. So if you have a sleep shirt or, you know, dirty laundry out of the hamper or something like that, leave it out so that they can lay on that and help make them feel close to you. Leave, you know, leave something on for them like music or or cat TV. I like to recommend, you know, if you have a smart TV, go to the YouTube app and then in the search bar, put cat TV and you're going to see lots of shows of birds and squirrels and things like that. And alternate, you know, classical music is, is good. Calming classical music, not some of the really excited stuff is, is good for cats. I would also say, 
you know, installing bird feeders that they can see by the windows and making real comfortable window perches so that they can look outside and get some enrichment that way, long as there aren't cats out there. Um, pheromone diffusers, you know, we we used one recently that I liked a lot, the Rescue Remedy. It's a herbal flower essence type of um, diffuser as opposed to Feel Away, which is uh, chemically mimics the F3 pheromone in cats' faces. But either one of those are, are good. Leave pheromone diffusers that, that can help them relax, things like that. You know, the other thing I, I'd say, yeah, mostly things that smell like you, you know, leave leave that stuff around. Even your hairbrush, you know, I know it sounds silly and maybe weird, but yeah. <laughs> if you leave your hairbrush out for your cat to, you know, they can rub into it and scent it and, you know, it, it very much smells like you, probably more than anything. Wow, yeah. So, you know... Um, I've heard do- some people uh, have talked about dogs kind of the same way, you know, putting uh, one of your coats down or a shirt or, you know, a robe or something where the animal can come and lay by it and yeah. feel comfortable. And so, uh, you know, cats, assumingly, didn't realize they kind of went down the same trend. But uh, you know, this is kind of off the cuff a minute. But, uh, you know, what about those um, calming jackets, you know, they use uh, those on oh, like a thunder shirt. Yeah. yeah, like a thunder shirt thing. What do you think about those with cats? Um, I, you know, there hasn't been a lot of research done about thunder shirts and cats. I find most cats don't want something hugging around their body. You know, however, when we, you know, the the harnesses, the little vest style harnesses that we sell on the store, you know, those are kind of like a uh, thunder shirt, but Pico doesn't like it on. I think in the car it does make him feel a little more secure. But if he's home alone, he he doesn't want something around him like that. So I don't really don't think it works well with cats. Okay, so let's talk about anxiety medication then. I mean, does does any of that stuff work, or can you like give yeah. them CBD or you know some something that you know? What would you recommend if if you do like that kind of stuff? Yeah, CBD is a a good idea, and there's actually a company that reached out to me this last week. We'll be trying some of their products that has a transdermal CBD cream, so you don't have to try to put it on their food. You just take a little pea-sized drop of ointment, and you rub it inside the cat's ear, and it absorbs the CBD. And yeah, I think for a lot of cats, they find CBD very calming, and you know, and it, it can't hurt them. So try it. I mean, you know, it's definitely worth a try. And, you know, if your cat is having extreme anxiety, then maybe you do have to think about resorting to anxiety medication, you know, talk to your vet about that. But, you know, I'm one that tries to avoid any kind of medication if possible. I like more alternative, natural, homeopathic type of remedies to things. So I'm always one to shy away from that. I, I don't like putting, you know, medications in my cat that I don't I don't absolutely have to. But if your cat is having extreme anxiety and um, and you need to do that, then I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. Oh, that's great. You know, uh, are there other medications besides, you know, those ones that you talked about that you could do, you know, you talk about homeopathic, what, 
you know, like, for example, I was just thinking when you were saying that, that one of the things with Pico is you put out like uh, your silver vine stuff and sprinkle it on there. And they like, Mm -hmm. he likes Mm -hmm. to go over and get on some of that. So before you walk out the door, could you sprinkle some of that on his favorite little toy or, or something like that? that Yeah, absolutely. Anything to, to help keep them busy while you're gone and, and to feel more comfortable is, is good. So yeah, silver vine or catnip, or we sell actually a mix of catnip that's got catnip and silver vine and valerian root all in it. So it's really potent and cats love it. So it's called meowza. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and that works. And then, you know, some other things you can do to make them feel more comfortable with you being gone are, Make sure you clean the litter box before you go so that there's a clean litter box. That helps them to feel more secure. And interactive toys, you know, like we have floppy fish. And when he goes to to bump his toy box or go dig something out of his toy box, floppy fish starts going and that gets him wound up and he likes that. And, And the bouncy tails, the little, we sell those on the store. They're awesome. They're like a little tiny super ball with a cat with a bird feather attached to it and oh my gosh he gets that and bats it around and and has a ball so definitely have as many interactive type toys as you can and you know create a scavenger hunt for them while you're gone you can you hide little food or treats around the house in you know in food puzzles and that kind of thing that that also keeps them busy Wow, yeah, that that's incredible. How long should you leave a cat alone, though, in a situation like that? And how long would you want to set something like that up, you know, leaving uh, yeah. treats for them to work out uh, anxiety for an hour or 30 minutes or just as you're walking out the door? I think, you know, cats can normally deal with you being gone for about eight hours, you know, if you're going to work. But if you're gone 10 to 12 hours and then when you come home, you don't have much time for the cat – you probably want to consider supplemental care, like having having someone come over and do some prey play in the middle of the day or something like that. And you definitely don't leave them alone for more than 24 hours that you just you need to get a cat sitter or something like that. So uh, let's talk about that for a minute. Is it better to board your cat or to have someone come over and watch over your cat, kind of like the dog's? You know, walk your walk your cat while you're gone. Um, <laughs> even if they come over a couple of times in a day, I mean, or or should they come over? You know, more than that or less than that. Um, but there are some cat only boarding facilities that are that are nicer, you know, than others. What you want to look for is a a big space for them to have, you know, large rooms, not stuck in a kennel in your vet office or something. Not to say that vets don't. Some vets have really great cat boarding, but typically they don't have the room for that. Um, but they have, there are some cat boarding places that have, you know, rooms that are the size of a large closet. And they've got lots of places to climb, a window to the outdoors. You know, all of that is good. Be sensitive about noise when you board a cat. So if, if there's dogs barking or lots of other cats nearby that they can hear and smell, that's that's going to cause them a lot of stress. I mean, I always say that it's better 
to have someone come over, even if they can only come over twice a day, than it is to remove the cat from its territory. Because cats are so territorial. You know, they they like to be in their environment and they want routine and they want things to be the same. And obviously, if you're gone, it's not. But at least they're in their home environment. Because if you pull them out of that and you board them, not only are you pulling them out and shoving them in a carrier and taking them on a car ride, which they probably hate, but then you're taking them to a boarding facility where everything is different and all the routines are different. So it really is probably better. I mean, it's never great to leave your cat, but if you have to, you know, we all have to sometime or another, then having a cat sitter. I mean, if you can hire somebody to come stay there with the cat, that's that's the absolute best. You know, we have in Dallas, we have Sharon Castillo is wonderful at that. And if you're listening and you live in the Dallas area and you need a great, reasonable cat sitter who's very, very responsible to come stay in your house while you're gone, she's great for that. So definitely, you know, that would be the best thing. But then having somebody do pop-in visits would be the second best thing. And then boarding them would probably be the the least favorite. Well, the least favorite would be doing nothing, trying to leave out a giant tub of dry food and a big old pail of water and going, well, they'll be okay for, you know, the four days I'm gone. <laughs> that's that's really not not good for them. Yeah, you know, I I was um, just thinking when we were when we travel sometimes, I notice that you get on the phone and you're talking to Pico through the camera that we have set up in the living room area to see Pico, but you also can talk through your phone and he can hear you on there. So is that a I mean, obviously it's a good idea or you wouldn't be doing it, but talk to me a little bit about what that looks like and Tell us, you know, how people can do something like that. To yeah. Kind of mitigate we, some stress. We did that. And I think it was the one and only time we've ever left him. We actually flew to Dallas and left him here and had our neighbor come over and feed him. And she comes over a couple times a day and hangs out with him for a bit and, and feeds him. But um, I did. We have one of those blink cameras and you can you can talk through it. And I could see the room and I talked in there I said you know Pico Pico hi Pico it's mom and oh my gosh she started crying it was the most horrible little meow I've ever heard it was like meow 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 like he's Mm -hmm. trying to find me but he knows we're not there and I think it I think it caused more stress in him so I don't I don't do that anymore. Now, I mean, I think people can do it. You know, it just depends on your cat. Try it and see what happens. If it clearly makes them more stressed and frantic and looking for you, then don't do it because that's probably not helping at all because then they're very confused. But, yeah, that was the most pitiful little meows I heard from him (laughs) ever. Broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So, you know, we've always talked about in the past uh, on these shows that cats are always independent and they don't really need us. So why do they care if you're gone or not if they don't really need us? Well, there's a lot of truth to that, that they they really don't need us, which is also kind of the argument for why they're not really domesticated. You know, uh, I guess the definition of a domesticated animal is one that really depends on us for survival, and cats certainly don't. If you turn them out to the wild, they will revert to their wild cat ways, and 
they will lose connection with humanity and become wild again, you know. So, I'm not really sure they are totally domesticated in that sense. But on the other hand, they really do crave connection, you know. They they feel safer when we're around. And some of them get really stressed when we're not, which, you know, leads to a lot of these litter box issues and destruction issues and stuff that I've had in in consult requests here recently. And that's kind of how I figure out what to do on Cat Talk Radio. It seems that the universe sends me a bunch of similar style cases. And I go, hmm, there must be a lot of people struggling with these questions. And so let's let's tackle that. And so I've definitely lately seen a lot of um, separation anxiety, if you want to call it that. I'm not sure that's the the right thing to call this with cats. But they do crave connection and they are very connected to us and they feel better when we're around. And so when we're not, they definitely feel more insecure and they feel lonely and they, they want you to come back and hang out with them, you know, even if they don't want you <laughs> glomming all over them. Yeah. They like it when, when you're nearby, you know, and they're not pack animals either. I know that kind of sounds like I got the whole pack together. So now I feel right. complete, you know, it's right, not. right. They're not like that because that's how dogs are. And for dogs, that's absolutely true. They like to have the whole pack together. But cats, there's no pack mentality in cats. It's just a matter of I like I like your presence and I like you around and I'm very connected to you and I want you to be here. It's, it's genuinely, I think, a, a real bonding thing that cats have with us. <laughs> you know, I couldn't imagine if we had to leave Pico alone when he was young because, you know, he required so much attention and interaction and he was really good, you know, about being around us a lot. He was not, I mean, he was really attached to us very quickly mm-hmm. and uh, I couldn't imagine. I mean, we, we took him everywhere and we still do take him everywhere, but, you know, I, I couldn't imagine how that would have changed him going forward you know as a kitten if you leave him alone or you're interactive with them more often is there a stress component later on that comes along with that so if we left him alone yeah would they be a lonelier cat or would they be a more independent cat um yeah that's a good question and i should probably say that you know age does factor into how long you can really leave your cat alone So if you have a young cat, you can't leave it eight hours. It's just, that's just too hard on them. And they will, if they're very young and you're gone eight plus hours a day, they're not going to bond as much with you or people in general as they do if you're around all day long. So definitely, and the younger the cat, you need to think about being being gone so long because they do require lots and lots of attention, especially if you have a solo kitten, which is one of the reasons why we always say adopt two, especially if you're going to be working full time and you can't be in the home with them because they need a companion. They need somebody to play with and stalk and hunt and, you know, that kind of thing. So if you have two kittens, then you're in much better shape for leaving them alone than if you have only one. And I'd also say that on the other end of the spectrum, if you have a really old cat that may be suffering from some medical conditions, it's also extra stressful on them that you're gone an extended period of time because, you know, they don't feel good and 
they find comfort from you. So they want you around more because they're just not feeling great, you know. So I, I think that's a that's a good thing to point out that if you have a really young cat or maybe a really old cat, then think about how long you're going to be gone leaving them alone. You know, I would imagine it's important the cat's <clears throat> schedule stays pretty normal. You've said that a lot in our past shows. You know, consistency for cats is the best thing. And so how do you manage keeping up such a routine? So, I mean, this is a great conversation for all of those folks that are out there that have been home through the pandemic and are used to being home, but then all of a sudden have to go in the office now. And so they have, you know, pandemic kitties that they've gotten during that period of time. So, and, or those people that, you know, all of a sudden came home and changed the routine and now they're home all the time and the cats are used to seeing them and now all of a sudden they have to go back to work and now what? So. Yeah. And routine is so important to cats, you know, ritual, routine, regularity, predictability that, that a cat relies on that. So if you're home all the time and then all of a sudden you get a job outside the house and you're, it's going to be hard, you know, there's going to be, be hard on your cat. The main thing to keep up routinely is the feeding schedule. We, we would be just dead in the water without those great food timers. And if you want a link to these food timers I'm going to talk about, just email me, molly at cattalkradio.com, and I'm happy to send it to you. But there's these timers that are relatively inexpensive, and they have a cold pack in them. And so, for instance, you know, we feed Pico five times a day. So if I have a cat sitter only coming two times, then how do I manage that? So she comes in the morning, and I request that she come about the time that we feed him in the morning so that that's, you know, part of his routine, his schedule. He looks forward to that, and he's not feeling like, oh, my God, I never know when I'm going to get food again. And so when she comes in that to do that morning feeding, she gets a cold pack out of the freezer and puts it in the bottom of the timer and then prepares him his lunch meal and uh, sets the timer for, you know, four hours from then. And then she comes back at his supper time meal and feeds him and then sets the timer for four hours from then. And then I have a second timer that she sets for 3 a.m. So in the evening feeding, she's actually setting two timers. And that way, his timing of food doesn't change. And that makes him feel much, much, much more secure. And, you know, If you have multiple cats and you don't keep the routine up, a consequence of that can easily be that they start fighting because they get resource insecure and they think, you know, my gosh, we're not going to get fed and there's not enough food. And so then they start fighting because they start to see the other cat as a territory invader and I don't want to share my resources. There's not enough resources for both of us because cats are very sensitive to that and If there's resources enough for all the cats you have, then you typically have peace in the household. When they perceive there not to be enough resources, then that's when they start having skirmishes between the two of them. So so that's that's very important in a multiple cat household is to make sure you get food timers and, and make sure that 
cats are being fed on schedule and that kind of thing. And ask your cat sitter to to pray play with them before she feeds them so that they've kind of gotten a little workout session and they're tired and, and then they eat and then they'll go right to sleep and, you know, they'll be fine sleeping for a bit before the next meal comes around. So, yeah, it's a good point. Keeping the routine is is very important. Yeah, and I like the way you say that, and I think that's a really important key to talk about. We've talked about it in the past, but the, you know, maybe people don't really know what the food timers are and how to use them and when to use them because I think most people are still under the consumption or not the consumption, but the the uh, assumption that you just kind of leave dry food sitting around and they eat throughout the day and you don't have to worry about them because a lot of people still are under that mantra. I think of. You know, we can have a cat because it takes care of itself. We just got to clean the litter box and keep its bowl full. You know? yeah. And then yeah. we'll leave and now we don't change any routine. But I think, you know, it's important to maybe have a conversation about not leaving that food out and, and setting these timers so that way, you know, the cat gets fresh food and, and all that. Maybe hit on that real quick before we call it a show. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, I I could talk for the next hour about feeding cats dry food. So, in a nutshell, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Stop! Feed your cat what the species needs, right? They don't eat kibble in the wild. You know, feed feed them meat and water. And there's lots of great quality canned foods out there. And definitely get your cat on a schedule. So, and, and if you're free feeding, I mean, they're already dealing with some insecurities of, of not getting the proper nutrition that they should have for their species. So, yes, don't do that. And look up our podcast on what to feed your cat and listen to that one next if you haven't already. Yeah. Well, this has been a very good show, my love. As always, you're doing a fantastic job of researching and educating yourself so you could share a lot of this with a lot of other people. And, you know, instead of them having to do a lot of this research, they can listen to some of your podcasts while they're doing their workout, cleaning their house, you know, working alongside and gain a lot of good information. So for all those out there that are listening, thank you for listening. I'd like to also invite you and all of our listeners to help support the work that Molly does. She provides these podcasts and other resources for free. She works many behavior cases for free with low-income cat parents. She does anything she can do to keep cats out of shelter. And I tell you, it's a heartwarming thing that she does, and she takes it very serious. And so she doesn't like to see these animals being euthanized. And so if you also care about cats, consider sending us a gratuity donation. It's super easy. Just go to the store, catbehaviorsolutions.org, and we will uh, love to see you uh, scroll down to the bottom. And at the bottom, you'll see donation amounts. Add that to your cart and just keep on trucking with us. (laughs) <laughs> but don't I mean yes please send us a <clears throat> a donation any amount helps keep us on the air this isn't free we you know hosting with Voice America they love us and they they 
make us a good deal, but it's definitely not not a free service to bring this podcast to you. And we certainly don't make any income on this. In fact, here it is Sunday morning. We spend our Sunday mornings at Cat Church, (laughs) (laughs) preaching the cat gospel around the world. So please, we would love you to, to support us. And while you're there in the store, you'll find those great cat harnesses I talked about earlier and just all kinds of things. We have giant chock full catnip kick sacks. Those are excellent to leave out when you leave home because cats then can bunny kick them while you're gone. And and we have wand toys so that your cat sitter can pray play with them properly and all kinds of stuff. So so check that out. Grab some grab some products while you're there. Get your cat some treats. And also find us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram because, you know, that really helps us if we're, we we haven't yet, but if we do apply for grants or support like that, one of the first things they do is look at your social media and say, you know, how, how deep is your reach? And we could really use help with increasing our, our followers on social media. So support us there as well. And then on the website, I've also supplied a blog where I've got some little shorter quips about things that really aren't enough meat to do a full podcast on. and um, But we're going to keep doing the podcasts because we want to help you take better care of your cat and increase the bond between the two of you. And we're going to keep doing it as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is the number, is the one, number cause one cause of death, death in cats. In cats. All right, everyone. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 